0: Greetings, everybody. Thanks for joining us again on the Classroom 33 podcast. I'm Pastor Dustin. Steve Prudian is sitting across the desk from me. And uh, today, today we're going to be talking about the Lord's Prayer. And actually, kind of, you know, amazing the way God works. We weren't able to do a podcast last week. And uh, the table talk discussion only got through about half of the devotion So today we're going to focus on the second half, which is the Lord's Prayer, and uh, we're going to be reading it and talking about it and going through it and digging into it and all of that good stuff. But Steve, how you been the last couple of weeks? I've been fine. Thank you for asking, Dustin. Oh, you're very welcome. All right. So I'm going to start and we're going to read out of the NIV version.
1: Probably the one that people know the most next to the King James.
0: Probably. A
1: little easier on the words.
0: It is a little easier on the words, and I'm tripping up on my normal English today, so King James is kind of out of the question for me. So, Matthew 6, starting with verse 9 and going through 13, it reads, This is then how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. On earth as it is in heaven, give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. That's what my version of the NIV reads. That's fine. (laughs) All right. So we're talking about the Lord's Prayer. But like we said, that's part two of this devotion. Mm -hmm. Where did the devotion start that led us here?
1: Well, we were talking about putting Jesus in his kingdom first. Okay. Because if you don't put Jesus first, there is no Lord's Prayer. Right. Right. (laughs) Right, absolutely. It's it's out of the observation of the disciples of what they saw Jesus doing that they wanted to know what he was doing and how he did it. Right. So what Jesus did is he actually used us as a teaching tool, a teaching moment for the disciples to learn the priorities of what they should be praying about and how they should be praying. Now, it wasn't uncommon— for Jewish people to be trained to say Hebrew or Jewish prayers. Right. But Jesus took it a little step further than that. He made these prayers more personal. Yes, he did. Okay, so they could affect us. Mm -hmm. And so when you do say the Lord's Prayer, just don't say the Lord's Prayer because it's the Lord's Prayer. Say the prayer because you mean it from your heart, because the things that he's saying does affect you and affects those around you and affects right. how you live and how you will respond to both god and to life
0: right and in prayer jesus does warn against that vain repetition and there is no room for vanity in this particular
1: prayer well you ever hear the expression familiarity breeds contempt I have heard that yes. Well, oftentimes if you repeat something over and over again, it actually loses its meaning.
0: It can, and I think I think part of the reason for that is we have as a culture kind of lost the the practice of meditating on scripture. We've lost the practice of meditating on a thought, which in the in the Jewish culture that Hebrew word from the Old Testament literally means to chew or ruminate on it and you know if you chew you know I can take a I can take a bite of steak chew it 3 times and swallow it and it's good but if I sit there and I chew just a few more times I get a lot more flavor out of it there's a lot more there there's a lot more depth there's a complexity of flavor that shows up if I chew on it just a little bit more. And so when we meditate on Scripture, when we chew on Scripture, it blossoms and it grows and something more complex develops and an understanding that goes deeper is there. But if we aren't looking for that, if it's merely a rote reciting of the verse then we're not getting anything out of it, in most cases.
1: It becomes too familiar. It does. And when it becomes familiar, it loses its value. Correct. I like to think of the Word of God as a precious stone. Mm-hmm. In the precious stone that I see when I think of the Word of God, it's much like a diamond with many facets. And the light can go through it in so many different ways that the thing is is you get never tired of looking at it because of the effect of what that diamond does to the light. So when you read the Word, okay, the Word is like the diamond, okay? Mm -hmm. And the light is like God, okay, focusing or enlightening or going through the diamond, and you see multiple facets of it. And every time it happens, you see something different, that you didn't see before and it makes that stone even more precious than it was when you first got it. Yep. It certainly does.
0: All right. So let's let's dig into this, shall we? Mm-hmm. Where do you wanna start where do you want to start digging? Where's the X on our treasure map when it comes to the Lord's Prayer?
1: What's the first words, Dustin, you just read? Our
0: Father in Heaven.
1: What does the word our mean?
0: Yours and mine.
1: Yeah, and that means something else. Okay. It's possessive. Right. Aren't you glad that we have a Father in Heaven who possesses us? Yes. Yep. Why do you think that He possesses us? Well, probably because he loves us. It goes deeper than that. He does love us, but it goes even deeper than that. All right. Well, clue me in. We are his creation. Yes, we are. We're we're an extension of his handiwork. Mm -hmm. He made everything in the world, and you and me too. Yes, he did. And the thing is, is, is that if you can appreciate that tree out your window... You're far more valuable than that tree. Right. Do you know why you're far more valuable than that tree? Because of the image in which I've been created. That's true. And also, the Spirit of God is in you. Yes. That tree can't, the tree knows it was created by God, but it can't say that it has the Spirit of God within it.
0: Right. Absolutely.
1: Well, let's take a look at this, the Lord's Prayer. Um, Some people would think that um, it doesn't say this. Okay. Okay. What some people think about is is that it only includes God the Father. Okay. Because it talks about God the Father. But here's the question. All right. Who is teaching the prayer?
0: Jesus is teaching the prayer.
1: Jesus is teaching the prayer. And what did Jesus say about he and the Father? They are one. They are one. So this prayer is not just about Father Jesus, okay? This prayer is also about Jesus himself.
0: Right. Absolutely. Who
1: who is the kingdom prepared for? Who is the kingdom prepared for?
0: Hmm. Well, it is prepared for all of us. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if that's the sense you're looking for, though.
1: Who's the king of the kingdom?
0: Well, God's the king of the kingdom. Okay. Jesus was known as the king of kings.
1: Mm-hmm. King of kings and lord of lords. Yes. Okay. Sometimes we forget. Even though Jesus isn't physically sitting on a throne on this planet.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And he even told Pilate, his kingdom wasn't of this world. Right. But he is a king. Yes, he is. And he admitted to Pilate that he was a king, Mm -hmm. but not of this world. Right. But oftentimes when we go to church, we forget that Jesus is our king. Sometimes we do. And this world by his father is promised to Jesus to be... His kingdom. Right. So, if you know that Jesus is your king, will you pay attention to what your king has to say on what honors his father? I would certainly think so. So, therefore, you have the beginnings of the Lord's Prayer. Because who knows the Father best? The Son. The Son. Yep. So, if we we take a look at this, okay, it's interesting that Jesus is saying that the Father's will Mm -hmm. be done here as it is in heaven.
0: Yep, he is.
1: What was God's will, has always been God's will? For the children of Adam, Adam and the children of Adam, what has always been his will.
0: Uh, To live on the earth and worship him.
1: Fellowship. Yep. Fellowship. You know, God made a lot of things. He did. But he only talked to one. Out of all the things that he made, he only talked to one. Talk means that there's a two-way conversation going on Mm -hmm. in the very fact that we have the privilege to be able to talk to our Father in heaven. Mm -hmm. And Jesus was saying, this is how you talk to your Father in heaven. Get Get the important things right. Absolutely. What do you think, Dustin, about that? about getting the important things. What are the important things?
0: Oh, I can think of 10 important things. Well, let's hear <clears> them. <throat> Maybe other people don't know it. Well, the Ten Commandments. Okay. Right? Love the Lord your God. Well, and it all it all sums up in actually where this starts. Mm. Seeking God. Loving God, loving people. Mm-hmm. Right? Your devotion starts with Matthew twenty. 22, 26 through 40, and the last six verses or so of that is the Pharisees trying to trap Jesus.
1: And that started with, again, a question.
0: What's the greatest commandment?
1: Yeah, that started with a question. Yep. Just like the disciples teach us how to pray, that started, like, with a question. Mm -hmm. Because what they're saying is, how do you pray? Right. How do you
0: pray? So, so yeah getting things right starts with starts with the Ten Commandments which boils down mm-hmm. to love God and love people if you love God you'll follow the first of the commandments if you love people you'll follow the rest of them
1: mm-hmm.
0: and that's uh, but a little a little caveat on that just just a little thing I'm gonna Put there. We have to love God the way Jesus did. We have to love people, the way Jesus did. Does.
1: Do you know? So it was, Jesus, it was Jesus, the same?
0: what's that? It was the same for both.
1: Did you know that?
0: It was the same for both. But the point, the point I'm making is that when we love people,
1: mm-hmm.
0: we like Jesus. We meet them where they are.
1: It's even more important than that does it? it makes it hurt. Do you know what it is?
0: The challenge to be better, the Jesus, challenge to grow.
1: Jesus made the sacrifice not once, but twice, and he makes even a sacrifice today. Mm-hmm. The first sacrifice he made is, is, is that he volunteered to come to this earth, right to save mankind. The second sacrifice he made is he went through the pain of the cross. Okay. Not for God. Right. But for us.
0: Right. And and that is all true. It's Pride Week. Or it's Pride Month. Oh. Okay. So what I was Bible I was trying I was, try, I was what does the I was Bible to,
1: say about pride? What does God think about uh, that pride, word?
0: Pride comes before the fall. That's but, right. <laughs> but, okay, I was, I was trying to maybe be a little bit subtle about this, but I can't be subtle about it. No, you can't be. Um, and I'm not going to be subtle about it. So, it is Gay Pride Month. And I have seen and will continue to see professing Christians post on social media about loving people. Right? And... What they mean is, I love you, therefore I accept you who you are, and I praise who you are, and I glorify who you are, or who you say you are, which is living in a sinful lifestyle. It's not loving the way Jesus does, and that's, I love you because God made you but this is sinful and that's not going to stop me from loving you, but it does mean that I'm going to use whatever relationship I have with you to challenge you to grow spiritually. And I'm just going to put out there for any of our, I don't, eight to 12 regular listeners, right? Um, Love people the way Jesus does. Challenge them to grow the way Jesus would challenge you to grow, with love and with grace, without judgment, without condemnation, but with truth and grace and mercy and love and be confident in that and know that that is right because to love somebody the way they say is right if you go back to proverbs you will find out that a lack of discipline for somebody a lack of reproving a lack of rebuke is not love but rather, hate. If you allow somebody to continue to live in sin and go against God and not know God, that is actually hating that person, not loving them. Okay, I'll get off of my soapbox now.
1: The epithet. Yes. To the Christian church. Yes. Is frightening. It is. And the reason for it is, is because much of the Christian church licenses condones that lifestyle in spite of what the word of God has to say. Right. I find it interesting. It's I call it the double switch. All right. The double switch is this is 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 that it says that on the day of judgment, Mm -hmm. Sodom and Gomorrah will be judged less severely. Yes. Than the Christian church. Who licensed that type of behavior all the way to hell. It's like they paved the way to hell because the fact is is that they wouldn't tell the real truth.
0: Okay, and I know we are we're definitely gone down rabbit trails at this point, but Yes, we have, but that... you know
1: what? The kingdom of God is all about that all would be saved, that none should perish, but that all should have eternal life. And that includes those who have been misinstructed on who the real God is and what the real God wants.
0: Yep. So before our recording, we were talking about names.
1: Yes, we were.
0: And that brings us into Revelation chapter 2. At the end of the letter to the church in Pergamum. Now, before we get to that point, Jesus says, I have something against you. Mm -hmm. He praises them. But he says, I have a few things against you. You have some there who hold to the teaching of Balaam, who taught Balak to put a stumbling block before the people of Israel. Now, if you know that story in Numbers, Mm -hmm. what, what ultimately is the stumbling block? The stumbling block is sexual immorality.
1: And another God before them.
0: And another god before them. It's an idol in its sexual immorality, so that they would eat food sacrificed sacrificed to idols and practice fornication.
1: But they liked that. They they did that at the at the foot of Mount Sinai too.
0: They did specifically, specifically in this particular instance. It's actually. Um, an additional going against because they had been told not to mm-hmm. not to intermarry with other cultures. Right. They had been told to keep it with They were given the warning. Yep. Yep. And that's really how a lot of these other gods got introduced into their culture was marrying the outside cultures. And really, they were being sent to the promised land to eliminate all these cultures. Yes. Because they were ungodly.
1: And the they wisest were, king of all. Didn't heed the instruction either.
0: No, no, he didn't. He fell. He fell to the same.
1: Mm-hmm. To
0: that, the same lust. His, that was his yep.
1: major weakness. Yep, it was.
0: So, all right. I think we should get back to the Lord's prayer. I think so. I think we probably should. I, I, I apologize to to everybody out there in listener land for. Uh, For the deviation. All right. So give us this day our daily bread. Is the next part
1: dependency.
0: Dependency.
1: Dependency. Not independency, dependency.
0: You know what else I see? What else do you see? I still see that collective pronoun. Us? Us. It's our father. Give us this day. It's not my father. It's our father. It's not give me my bread. It's give us our bread. Does he? Oh, absolutely.
1: Are we thankful?
0: When we remember to be.
1: How often does he give us our bread and we don't even ask? A lot. So who is faithful? God is faithful. Even when we are. Oh, even
0: when we are not. And
1: even when we are not. Okay. So the the reality is, since God is faithful with a simple thing, such as the food that we eat. Yep. Why can't we trust him?
0: I don't think it's a matter of can't. I think it's a matter of won't.
1: How about taking it for granted? Yeah. Not even giving credit where credit's due. Yep. He's talking. He is talking. <laughs> talking. He has to, there's
0: some thunder rolling in the background. So, yes.
1: When you pray... What makes your prayer effective? When you pray, what makes your prayer effective? That...
0: Oh... Obviously, it's difficult for me to formulate my response. Um, So it makes our prayer effective is that, our, that we're praying the will of God. And so in order to pray the will of God, we have to know the will of God. And in order to know the will of God, we have to pray. <laughs> so it's it's kind of circular in that way. But Jesus tells Peter that he is going to have the key to the kingdom of heaven. And whatever is bound on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever is loosed loosed on earth will be loosed in heaven. However, um, I think there's, there's translations that actually twist that around, that actually turn that upside down. And in my study, that actually makes a lot more sense. And it makes more sense put parallel to the Lord's Prayer. To say, whatever has been bound in heaven will be bound on earth. And whatever has been loosed in heaven will be loosed on earth. So the decision's actually being made in heaven. But Peter having the key to the throne room, which is the spirit of God, is a figurative, a figure of speech. So we all have that too. We can all access the throne room of God through prayer. And pray to know God's will so that we can pray for God's will to be done. And if God says, this person needs to be healed of this thing, and I pray for God to heal that person of that thing, it's done.
1: Where did it originate?
0: It originated in heaven.
1: That origination is the most important key. Yes, it is. The power. The power. That are most of us... We know it, but we don't appreciate it. But we should appreciate it. We should. Is Jesus' sacrifice. Right. Okay, because without Jesus' sacrifice, there would be no power. Mm -hmm. There would be no saving grace. No. There would be no gift of the Holy Spirit. Nope. What if Jesus actually took the devil's deal? Where would that leave us? If Jesus took the devil's deal in the temptation, where would that leave us? Condemned. Do you ever think about when Jesus used the words, "it lead us not into temptation"?
0: I think about those words often. Think
1: about the experience that Jesus himself had.
0: Mhm. Led by the Spirit directly, not directly into temptation. He was led by the Spirit into a place and into a time of severe weakness. Mm -hmm. And then the
1: temptation came. Today, the reason we pray in Jesus' name,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: because he's the one who paid the price. Oh, yeah. And how we pray in Jesus' name... This is because of the fact that he redeemed us for his Father. Right. And he put a seal upon us, okay? And with that seal, his presence lives. It's called the Holy Spirit. Yes. So when we pray, we pray in the power of the name of Jesus, okay, through the gift of the Holy Spirit.
0: We we pray to the Father— in the name of Jesus, in the Spirit.
1: And go ahead. You know where that goes, right? Well, that's the Trinity. Actually, it is the Trinity plus one. Yep. You. You are included. The Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost, and you. Right. We are entering into
0: the full presence of God, the full Trinitarian presence, the full Godhead. Is present when, when we
1: pray. And when Jesus, okay, redeems us, mm-hmm. we become adopted into the kingdom of God as what?
0: As children. As, as sons
1: co-heirs. And, as co-heirs, as sons and daughters. So yep. now, guess what? Whenever you pray in the power of the Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name, to Father God... You're not just praying as an inconsequential human being. You're praying with the authority of the fact that you are God's child. Yes. Now, unfortunately, we're still children. Yes, we are. And as children, we don't always understand God's timing or God's method.
0: No. No, we don't.
1: Does that cause us confusion? It does. Why? Why does that cause confusion?
0: Well, the reality is, and this, this goes back to saying sometimes when it comes to trusting God, it's not that we can't, it's that we won't. We have a will, too. And we know that God loves us. And we think that God's will should match ours if he love if god loves me he'll heal me but god doesn't heal me so therefore, now therefore th- therefore god doesn't love me okay well that that's not that's not accurate that is a logical fallacy that is bad logic because God doesn't heal us because he loves us. He heals us because that is what's best for us. And sometimes what's best for us eternally isn't to be healed in the temporary. I lost my finger, half of my finger in a work accident. I do sometimes pray for God to heal that finger.
1: You mean grow it back again? Yep. He will elicit you. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> I do pray for that. And
0: as of yet, he has not decided that it is in my best interest eternally to heal that finger.
1: You won't need that finger in eternity because you oh. won't have the same body. <laughs>
0: no it'll be a it'll be a new body it'll that's be right. a perfect body
1: <laughs> that so what's more important your new body or a finger the new one that's right of course
0: but and that's and this is really where i where I come back and I say it it tends to be a won't instead of a can't trust God because I could trust God. I could choose to trust God, even when I don't understand, even when it hurts, even when it's horribly uncomfortable, even when somebody I love is very sick. I can trust God, but I have to choose to trust God when I don't understand. When things are going good, when things are great, it's easy to trust God. When I got lots of money in the bank account, it's easy to trust that God's got my finances. When at one point in time I had $400 to my name and bills come and due, and all the kids I have now, it was hard to trust God. But God proved faithful, like he always does. And... I think that's where the confusion comes in. The confusion comes in because I think I know what's right for me, but I have a temporary focus, not an eternal one. Whereas God has an eternal focus. And God also sees how my faith and my trial affect other people around me. And where I think a healing would be more effective as a, as a testimony, sometimes our faith in the struggle is even more so.
1: We're given only one life. We are. And that one life is meant, whether we know it or not, to bring glory to God. Yes. And sometimes a miracle will bring glory to God, but other times the struggle and the trust in God through the struggle mm-hmm. means more to more people right. than the miracle because the fact is, is is that the Word of God cautions us to be seeking not to be seeking signs not to be seeking miracles in order to trust in the deity of Jesus in God. Mhm. Bottom line, we're nothing more than big babies.
0: That is true sometimes. We just we
1: just children. We and are children don't understand hurt. Children don't understand when they don't get what they want. Right. When a Child cries. What's the most important thing that you can do for their child? Give him what he wants or what? What do you do?
0: You comfort them.
1: You comfort them. Right. Okay? You bring them close to you Mm -hmm. and you hug them. Yep. And the reality is this is that the word of God says that if you draw close to me I will draw close to you. Yes. If I'm busy playing with all of the things that I want and I got, I'm not going to be drawing close to God because I'm too happy with my toys. Right. You're absolutely right. And so there's too many Christians. And you and I probably have a few toys, okay, that God says, you know, you need to grow up. You know, he says when when I said Father forgive them, they don't know what they do, that includes you.
0: Yes. <laughs> yep, that includes me
1: for sure. I says, I'm not so sure I don't I wanna know what I don't know. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh.
1: So the thing is this is that when we pray, prayer is personal.
0: Yes it is. Okay?
1: Prayer is personal with God the Father, Jesus the Son who sacrificed for us, the Holy Spirit whom he gave to us in order to be able to enable us to pray, right. and us ourselves.
0: Right. It is.
1: Who initiates prayer?
0: Well, the wrong answer is to say I do.
1: You have not because you... Ask not. Right. The fact is, is is, that the Holy Spirit will and can't pray for you. But the Holy Spirit prefers, okay, that the Holy Spirit prays with you. Right. Instead of him having to pray for you. So the thing is, is we have to seek the Father out of our own will, okay, giving our will over to the Father. And therefore, we go back into the Lord's Prayer. Uh-huh. Your will. Your will be done.
0: Right, and I would, I would say, just kind of in the context of what we're talking about, that if I am praying rightly and in God's will, that's most likely prompted by the Spirit.
1: Did you know that um, as human beings? We have a tendency to brag. Yes. We have a tendency to show off. Uh Uh-huh. We have a tendency to compete with the world.
0: Yes, we do.
1: Where does that put God? In the backseat. Why do we do those things? Get right down to it, and you'll get to the thing that really bothers God the most— why do we do those things?
0: We do those things because we are seeking glory for ourselves Pride. instead of seeking it to, for him.
1: Pride. We're saying, look at me, look at me, look at me. Yep. And hey, you know what God says? God's, it ain't about you. Yep.
0: It's not about <laughs> you.
1: You want to find how fast things can change? Uh-huh. This is not about you. You know, the fact this is, is that what's interesting is, is that... Our eternal life is not earned. We can't make it. Nope. It's a gift. Yep. Of God. Yep. It, but the problem is, is oftentimes we try to prove to God, okay, what kind of quality person we are. Yep. By our achievements, but man looks upon. The outside. What you got. But God looks upon who you really are. Yep. So when you pray, you need to pray from who you really are, Mm -hmm. because you can't buy God.
0: Right. Absolutely.
1: If I was Jewish, now I'd try to cut a deal. (laughs) All right. I
0: think we've gotten as far on this as we probably want to go.
1: Well, there's always more to the Lord's Prayer. But there you know is. what? Yep. The key word, okay, is grace. Yes, it is. Because it's by the grace of God that we can pray. It is. It's by the work of Jesus Christ that we can pray. Mm-hmm. It's by His very Spirit that we have a voice to pray. So we should use the gift that has been given us to do what? To seek our Father and to pray. Yes. And you know what? Don't complain if you don't have anything, because you never ask for anything. Right. All right. Steve, thank you very
0: much for coming in this week. Great, great discussion.
1: You never know where it's going to go, Dustin.
0: No, we don't. If we
1: follow our notes, we'd probably go to sleep.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, I will see you next week.
1: Well, thank you, Dustin. Have a good vacation, Bible school. I will do that. I pray that a lot of kids get blessed, but I want you to pray for something more important than the children. What's that? I want you to pray that the parents of the children get blessed as well.
0: Yes, and I would agree with hopefully, that. hopefully,
1: hopefully by the time you have your ending for the Vacation Bible School, that some people, some parents who do not know the truth about the Lord Jesus Christ will come seeking to know about him.
0: All right, I think that's a great prayer. Okay, that because is a great you prayer. know
1: what? Vacation Bible School is great for a week, but the kids need more than a week. Yes, they do. Okay. And faith begins at home.
0: Amen. Amen. All right, everybody, thank you very much for joining us. Have a wonderful and blessed week.